Hello, everybody, and welcome to Two Jews in a Microphone. I'm one Jew. Allegedly, I'm another. All right, yeah, I mean, we'll never really know unless we do that uh, 23andMe test. I'm ready to do it, other than the fact that 23andMe is run by anti-Semites, so I don't trust them. <laughs> that, that, that's, uh, not, that that's not true, by the way, but when you're being <laughs> sponsored by the competitor, you don't have much choice. But no, to, you got the competitor being Olive Garden. Uh, <laughs> Olive Garden and Ancestry.com. I'd like to give a quick plug to Ancestry.com. If you would like your credit card charged for the rest of your life, I encourage you right now to go to Ancestry.com and sign up to go find that long lost cousin who does not want to hear from you and who does not care what you've been up to with your life. And I can assure you that religiously on the first of every month until the moment you die and your credit card is canceled, you will be charged a $29.95 fee by Ancestry.com. That's my commercial advertisement. <laughs> sounds very positive. Was I that, the whole what, thing, but it sounds very positive. <laughs> was, that, was that based on a true story? Absolutely. 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 Yeah. That's right. I, I did the, the I did the I did the free one month membership to Ancestry.com. Uh, discovered one gentleman who I thought was related to me. He denied it outright, then demanded I get a DNA test, which was not very loving of him in my very small family. <laughs> um, and uh, at that point, I ceased following any more Ancestry links. I figured my 30 days was up, and unbeknownst to me, my credit card had been charged month after month until I finally looked at the bill in detail. And I was forced to have a long-standing fight with Ancestry, which I won only because I refused to pay my credit card company who stood by me. With that being said, by all means, please sign up for Ancestry.com right awesome. now. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like a great recommendation. Uh, and I, I'm already signed up, so I'm really happy about that. Thank you. Cool. Before we continue, who do you think you might be related to? As in... Um, who do I think like what famous? Yeah, it could be it could be infamous, famous, could be uh, non-existent. But what I mean, type what type of person might you think you could discover in the uh, DNA or I should say the uh, ancestry uh, heritage process? So both my parents have done uh, one of their competitors uh, and uh, <laughs> a certain competitor between the numbers twenty two and twenty four. Uh, you know, and a pronoun following that. Well, or as Jeffrey Epstein likes to say, a little bit too old for me. <laughs> oh, we need drum rolls. Hey, we need we, a person as a, drum. As, a, as another Jew, we have no, uh, no choice but to give a shout out. A shout out to, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I guess uh, I actually know or I could access those, those links because obviously between both my parents, I, I would be connected to all of them in theory, unless I'm adopted and I didn't know that. And then um, I I'm interested in knowing if there's any kind of lineage between me and Sasha Baron Cohen, because we have a little bit of a similar look. And I happen to know that at least one of his uh, ancestors, grandparents or so, is from Azerbaijan, which is the same for me. So I'm wondering, is no there shit. a connection? Or is it just, you know, the mixture of uh, this type of like, you know, the, uh, DNA from that region and then DNA from the other regions equals this kind of look. That's fucking very interesting. I've known you for a long time. I did not know that our listeners are unable to 
see what you look like due to the medium of radio or podcasts. Uh, also due to witness protection, we can't uh, use your name, but I will say you have a striking uh, resemblance to, uh, to, to Borat. Um, so I would say it's possible. I also like how you said Azerbaijan, which is how I always thought it was said. You said it totally differently. Am I, have I always been mispronouncing the country? I, I might be mispronouncing it myself, but I, because uh, I grew up in, in a certain country in the Middle East, and so we sometimes pronounce it differently than how Americans would, uh, but I know it as Azerbaijan. Oh, well, you know, as Americans, we think the way we see it, we say all countries Azerbaijan. is- Azerbaijan. Is, is correct. Azerbaijan. No, hey, you can imagine half of America right now listening to the show saying, those damn Azerbaijanis. Yeah, they're they probably saying that. Um, they fucked up the whole world with that corona. Um, that's fucking cool, man. I didn't even know there were Jewish people in Azerbaijan. Yeah. Like, that's a long way from the nipple of Jesus to get to fucking Azerbaijan. Yep. Interesting. So, so right. anyway, before I reciprocate with the same question, uh, I want to give a little... Uh, a context for what we're going to do today. Okay. This is just an idea, and I know that you 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 told me just go with the flow. So yes. here's the idea. We've done in past shows. We've done these speed rounds at the end where we might have asked like a lot of questions. I was thinking could be interesting for this show. I prepared a, a whole bunch of questions for you, something like uh, 20 or so questions. Uh, to do that, the same with you. So I'd be asking you these questions. Some of them are related to the situation we're in, to COVID, to Black Lives Matter. Some are completely unrelated. And to just let you answer these questions for a maximum of uh, one minute each time. Like, that's the maximum. You can do less, of course. I'll keep a timer on each one. And then by default, we would create so much content already at the beginning that it would be interesting to see, A, how you feel at the end of the speed round, and B, whether you want to discuss anything further, like whether there wasn't enough time on a certain question. Okay, uh, in terms of rules, am I, uh, am, I, am I supposed to give a truly heartfelt answer or just whatever comes to my mind? It's, you know, it's up to you. I'm not gonna limit you there. I think you're a natural, uh, you know, if I, would, if I were to analyze your style of answering questions, I would say you would, First, go for the untrue, uh, the untrue to 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 point out maybe the ridiculousness of the situation. Okay. Uh, but that but that's why I'm giving you a bit longer, like a minute to answer, because maybe uh, you might discover something uh, else. Can or I do just, two? Can I give two? Can I give two answers? Like uh, you, you, first you and second? The, yeah, you can use the minute as you please. All right, now what kind of buzz am I gonna hear so I cannot mistake it for any other noise in the background? Uh, by the way, that's the ice cream track in uh, my background. So that's not what we're gonna use. At, uh, I don't know if you can hear that. Is that, a, is that a Dutch, is that a live ice cream truck on the streets of Amsterdam or is that This is a live of... ice cream truck downstairs in the streets. It shows up and then you're gonna hear a lot of kids uh, flocking to the, to the truck. Interesting, uh, so your, your COVID is not, like kids are still allowed to go flock to the ice cream man. Yeah, I, I, there has been no, no changes here. I mean, there's been more like, there, yeah. Well, we'll talk about COVID later. Very, I mean, child molestation here is way down because the, the, ice, cream, the, ice, the ice cream man has had zero contact with kids since March. So the little penises are totally untouched right now. All right, let's, uh, 
let's get started, man. All right, then uh, we will. So this, uh, this is how it's going to work. I'll just keep track of the time with a little timer. Uh, you don't have to worry about it. You might hear a beeping sound. At some I'm a little nervous, just to be honest. Yeah, I can I, hear I, it. I, I can, can hear it. I think people should know. I have no idea what you have planned. Yeah, um, that's true. You do not know these questions. Uh, so th these are total surprise questions. Yeah, once again, I am in Chicago, and uh, the other Jew is in Amsterdam. So um, let's imagine technology doesn't exist. We have no way to... Uh, know each other's thoughts. Yeah. Okay. All right. You ready? Okay, yeah, here we sure. go. Question number one. Are you better off now than last year at the same time? Hmm. Better off mentally, physically, spiritually, financially. You know, I, I don't want to pick apart your question, but um, better off. I'm going to say no. <laughs> no, <laughs> abs absolutely not. Uh, I, I'd say I'd say mentally and financially and therefore probably physically yeah er everything is worse everything is definitely worse and it kind of starts with the fact that um your children if you have small children as i do are sort of stuck in your house um so yeah i'm gonna go with not better off not better off okay fair enough you still got 15 seconds left if you want to oh then i want to give a shout out to uh herman <laughs> herman kane just died and uh, the man came up with the greatest uh, presidential platform of all time, which was the 999 plan. I want to uh, send our blessings to Herman Cain and his family, who uh, died of COVID after attending uh, Mr. Trump's uh, Oklahoma rally. All right. Nice shout out. Yeah. Indeed. All peace, right. Herman. Cool. Yeah. Uh, peace out. Uh, next question. Do you think you are better off now than you will be the same time next year? Oh, next year. Next year, shit's going to blow up. I'm going to be awesome next year. <laughs> there, I, 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 have, I have no doubt that next year is the year. Uh, <laughs> the year. I think my, uh, my kids will finally leave the nest. I think, <laughs> I think the dog will uh, stop randomly peeing on the carpet and eating shoes that have to be replaced. And uh, I, I have a slight hope that the, uh, the grays of my beard might migrate to my pubes so that my small penis, it look, at least looks wizened. It looks like something that has had experience versus the, <laughs> the childish embarrassment that it shows itself as now. <laughs> Ready for the next that's, one? It's a great question. Okay, great. Uh, great answer. Uh, all right, next question. Um, what's the sexiest face mask you've seen so far? Oh, God, I, I did see one a few weeks ago um, in my other uh, profession and my alter ego, I, I work in the field of real estate and the, uh, an agent showed up at a house uh, and she was wearing, and she was somewhat attractive anyway. Um, although to be fair, I never saw her face and she had on a, a, a version of a hijab. It was very silky. It was kind of black silky and it went across right under her eyes and then draped down below her, um, her chin in a sort of triangular uh, diamond, half diamond shape. And it was rhinestone studded, sort of Rajasthani style uh, across the upper side. So all you saw was her eyes, but because it was sheer, you could sort of see the skin behind it. You know, the problem with the face mask is you can't see the outline of the smile. So you could see her face, but you couldn't see the skin clarity, which was okay, because maybe she didn't have good skin. And uh, her body, she had a decent body. Uh, and it just worked great. I, I was, 
so enamored of it, I told my wife, who I think was not happy that I shared that information, but it was the sexiest mask I've seen so far. Thank you. What's yeah. the sexiest protester you've seen so far? Mm. Oh, God. That's, uh, that's a good question. You know, that one's tough. Living in a typical American city in the transplanted part of the city, uh, which is to say the uh, progressive part of the city, most women just aren't attractive. Um, I, I think they don't believe in uh, the male version of attractiveness. So I'm going to have to say the most attractive I've seen is a dude. I saw a pretty good looking guy, um, just kind of guy I'd like to look like. You know, he's, he had nice muscle tone, good tan. His hair looked quaffed, but not too quaffed. Uh, had on kind of stylish, but not too stylish clothes. That was the sexist protester I saw. Nice. Yeah. I like that you're, uh, you're not I'm, I'm moving to I'm female. Open. I'm open. I'm a binary. Is that right? <laughs> I don't know. Binary. That's correct. That's <laughs> so 2018. I, yeah, I got to get the terminology right. I'm cisgender. I know that. If you could invite a living politician for a dinner at the Olive Garden, who would it be <laughs> and what would you order? Oh, fuck. I swear to God, I would have said Herman Cain up to 18 minutes ago. <laughs> I love that guy. The 999 plan. Living politician and what would I order? Um, I'm going to invite Mitch McConnell, American Speaker of the House, much hated by uh, Democrats, and I'm going to order a tofu dish. No, <laughs> no, I take it back. I'm going to order an impossible burger. This is a fucking very, at, at very... Olive I don't, Garden. I don't know if you've tried this burger. I have, but this is the uh, Olive Garden. Do they Olive have, Garden selling they it. Every, every restaurant now is hooked on the impossible <laughs> burger. Pe pe people dig this fake fucking burger, and there's so much shit on it that it actually tastes pretty good. Um, I'm going to convince Mitch McConnell <clears throat> to go fucking vegetarian, and he is going to single-handedly help change agriculture and the environment in America and therefore the world. That's going to be my dinner right there. Ah, love it. Right on time. Thank you. Perfect. What's, uh, next question. If you could start an alternate career mm. to help the world right now, what mm -hmm. would it be? Am I allowed to talk about the handjob career? I know we've had another show about oh, that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You can bring that um, back. So the, the question is alternate career and what? That's going to help the world? Yeah. I mean, I, I've talked about it before on this show, and, and there is an extreme shortage of trained, licensed uh, professional handjobists. Yeah. Um, it is something that all genders, all creeds, everybody can be part of. Uh, it provides the bare minimum of what all human beings are looking for, which is uh, just a modicum of sexual release. They don't want the drama. They don't want the affairs. They don't want to spend a lot of money. They just need a quick release of that sexual tension, <clears throat> and they can go back to scanning Facebook. So that, <laughs> that's what I'm bringing. I'm bringing it. You know, we legalize marijuana. I don't care about prostitution. Let's just legalize and publicize and educate the handjobists Great, great finished. Educate the handjobists. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question. What is the future of the housing market in Gary, Indiana? Oh, well, for those that don't know Gary, it uh, was- You only have a minute, by the way. <laughs> Shit. Michael Jackson was from there, was an industrial hub. 
It is also the center of decay of the region, emblematic of many uh, former steel towns in America. Uh, <laughs> Gary's going to go up. Yeah, Gary's market is going to go up because a second home market is beginning to boom. People want out of the cities. Gary has a lot of cool older homes that are faded. They're super fucking cheap now. They can't get any cheaper because they're basically free. You just have to pay the property taxes. So Gary, Indiana, you're going up by a 7 to 10% next year. I have to have a follow-up question. Is there good public transit to Gary, Indiana? There is, there is a, uh, our commuter rail, the Metra, is available to take you uh, to Gary right now, actually. I believe the next train is at 11, 10 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> so if you uh, tele, teletransport yourself from Amsterdam, uh, you can go check out Gary. All right. Thank you very much for that. We still had 54 uh, seconds to spare. Uh, Tito, Jackson, Tito Jackson can still be found uh, at the local <laughs> quarter store if you uh, go. He did, he did right. not die of COVID yet. Not yet, not okay. yet. We all will, though. Uh, next not question: is, What is what is the safest and unsafest COVID meal? <laughs> uh, well, the uh, the safest COVID meal has got to be, um, I'd say, the Chicago hot dog because you're you're not you're not no one shares a fucking hot dog. Like, you get a hot dog and and you eat it yourself. Um, so I, I'd say, I, I think the hot dog is fairly safe. The least safe COVID meal, um, I'm going to say hummus. Mm -hmm. I think you can relate to hummus too of Azerbaijani, Middle Eastern descent. You know, you just, you don't get hummus for one. You know, everybody is sharing hummus. You get hummus, you've got to let other people take a dip in it. And inevitably you're probably going to catch the, uh, you're going to catch the worm. Excellent. So, I, I love the pronoun Midwestern pronunciation of hummus. Do, really do, do you call it hummus? Hummus. Well, in America, hummus is uh, something we call a, lance, a certain landscape of organic material. Um, <laughs> it's it's true, like by the way. You're describing a, a pubic shapes. All right. <laughs> so next question is, uh, what uh, country would you rather be in right now? What are my two choices? There are no choices. You can also say I, I'm perfectly fine with where I am. All right. Well, as a small English uh, suggestion, rather is going to give me a choice. So we'll just say what country uh -huh. do I prefer to be in right now? Mm -hmm. Thank you for the correction. No problem. Anywhere, <laughs> anywhere in the world. I'd love to be with you, man. I would love to be with you right now. I'd love to go back to Holland and I'm going to choose right, right down the street from you in Amsterdam. That's ah, where I would sweet. go. A beautiful yeah. day today, by the I way. I like the Netherlands. I like summer there. I like the bike. They seem to be holding up well against the uh, Corona. And um, yeah. And plus I fit in there. Like I'm white, they're white. You know, the problem <laughs> is a, a, lo a lot of us travelers want to go to the poor countries and we just end up standing out. The whole thing's a fucking disaster. So, <laughs> I'm going to Holland. Next. What country would you rather be in the least? Oh, sorry that, for using rather that, again. That, that's easy. America. <laughs> you know, for all the fellow Americans listening to this podcast, I think we're up to three Americans out of our 19 listeners. Uh, this country has suffered through issues for a long, long time, but now it is just an obvious and utter disgrace. It truly, it is, it's embarrassing to be living in America right now. The, and, go ahead. No, go ahead. Please. No, that's it. I got my minutes probably up. No, it's not. You got plenty of time. I wanted no. to ask. Uh, America is a big country, of course. So, of of the many states, which state would you least rather be in? 
Oh, that's a given. Uh, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> the home the home of my university and some of my closest friends is also the state I would least like to be in as Florida is emblematic of the idiocy which uh, permeates our country. And then yeah. keep in mind, it's a country where I have some of my closest friends in the world. Uh, some of the greatest ideas I've ever come across are come from this country. But the fact is, is that uh, we're incompetent. And I'm, embar I'm embarrassed to be, be part of it right now. All right. Next question. As a, former, as a former cruise director, what assistant, is the most, assistant, assistant. Okay, sorry. As a former assistant cruise director, mm. what is the most important thing the cruise companies can do to get their customers back? Oh, that's easy. They, they got to make the buffet into room service. They got to all allow right. all of those buffets to be delivered to your room. So you're going to go onto your screen in your cabin. It's going to be a touch screen. You're going to touch all the items you want from your buffet. A severely underpaid Bangladeshi, Filipino, or Indonesian, one of the three, but never from any other country, uh, will deliver that to your door within 30 minutes or your money back, which is a cruise ship joke because it's all inclusive. So there is no money back. Uh, that's what they're going to do. Touch screen buffets, all that food right to your room. You don't have to join the buffet line anymore. Um, and they'll probably take it further. All activities in your room. You, you want uh, the assistant cruise director to come to your room and uh, sing you an out of tune song? I'll do it. <laughs> I'll fucking do it. And uh, you just, you just, you'll have increments, time blocks you pick. So that, that's how they're going to win them back. That's how they're going to do it. <laughs> and I, and I do, I do got to do a shout out to the former industry that I worked in. You guys are motherfuckers. You deserve every fucking lost dollar you're getting. You are truly scumbags who abuse the fuck out of your labor population. And I wish you nothing but ill will. Ah, oh, very sweet. I'm, that, that, was, that, was from, that was from the heart. We have Carnival Cruise Lines as one of our sponsors, so I'm sure they'll fuck. be happy to do that. God, uh, next question. I who totally do you, forgot about it. Who do you prefer, Hootie or the Blowfish? Come on, dude. If you're not going to choose the Blowfish, you just get out of my face. You know, I, I, I'm all about I'm all about the the group, the group dynamics of the blowfish. Plus, you know, how, how can you debate a fucking uh, two words like that, blow and fish? Mm -hmm. Very positive connotations. If you like fish, which I do, and the word blow, <laughs> I think the first part of the word needs no other explanation. So anyway, go blowfish. Hootie just was always an embarrassing name. Uh, that guy, I, I forget his his actual name, the lead singer, but. To think that he might want to be known as Hootie is an embarrassment to uh, <laughs> him and his family. So, once again, Blowfish. All right. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, next question. Uh, do you have any COVID regrets? Can we actually wrote all these questions? Do I have any COVID regrets? Can you be more specific? Can I add, before my timer starts, can I get a follow-up uh, explanation of that question? I, I guess the context of the question is we've been in uh, COVID times now for, I don't know, six months or so. Mm -hmm. uh, are there any regrets that you have looking at yourself, your own behavior in the past six months that you feel like, ah, I wish I behaved a bit differently at this moment or did something different? Oh. I totally wish that I signed up for a Tinder account, said I was one of the first people that had COVID. I had lifelong immunity and would have just been fucking golden. It, it would have been a wonderful, wonderful run. So I, re I regret not doing that. 
And uh, I'd say the other thing I regret is, you know, probably not having more social interaction at a, we'll call somewhat safe distance. In other words, meeting more people outside and hanging out. Um, mm -hmm. That's my secondary one. My time up? Hey, you still got 20 seconds. Oh, I'm gonna give a, I, want, I, want, I want to give a shout, I want to give a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Carnival Cruise Lines and say uh, we'd still appreciate you advertising. So if I can take back anything I said uh, for some of your funds, uh, I'm willing to do that. Maybe an additional regret there. So I'm going to add another minute now for this next question because I think I think you might need it. Okay. Maybe not. Again, you don't have to use it all up, but mm. you do have two minutes for the next question. So the question is, if you had to write slash direct a porn scene inspired by the COVID crisis, what would the scene be? Well, I mean, I already just gave one with the, uh, the Tinder situation. I, I believe, and I, and I got to hope all my, all my homies and sisters out there agree, masks. You got, I mean, I, I got into a little bit of the Arab porn after 9-11. Uh, Really got into seeing burkas unroped. Uh, I'm talking. We're doing. We're doing full mask uh, meetup, uh, walking a dog, of course, uh, outside. You don't recognize each other. You just know the dog, of course, and the eyeballs, and uh, you end up having a little doggy play date. Um, you're staying outside, keeping it safe. You're uh, now in the backyard, back terrace, something outside because we want to. We want to enact people's COVID sensibilities. And um, yeah, the, um, you know, both masks, I think one is wearing a very generic mask, like a black color. One has a kind of cutesy, organic, homemade, you know, mask uh, that they're wearing. Uh, the masks never come off, regardless of uh, how hard the sex is getting. It's gonna get hard. There's gonna be a lot, a lot of uh, COVID frustration. There's gonna be some really, really hard ass ramming uh, going on. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing just almost painful, the amount of pounding that would be happening. Um, there's I mean, nothing tender at all in this uh, scene. And what's gonna be most impressive is that um, the, the mask, there's gonna be oral sex to show that it's possible with a mask. It is going to be the inventor of the dental dam will finally see how uh, their product uh, could have worked. Um, so they'll, they'll be, we're talking, they'll be full cunnilingus and fellatio without the mask uh, coming off. That's fantastic. Now, our listeners are probably asking how that's possible. Trust me. <laughs> while, while I have not tried, I know it is. I have, I've envisioned it. Um, so anyway, that's kind of what I'm thinking. That's my pilot. Anyway. I'm glad I gave you two minutes for this. Yeah. The, uh, keep in mind that uh, I think that, that you could probably use the, the, the answer you just gave this two minute answer as the direction to the scene. You could like, I can totally imagine you giving this motivational talk before the. the scene. Oh yeah. You have to, you have to think when it comes to porn production, uh, that's all it's needed. Um, by the way, I do have a, a friend in Chicago that does make uh, amateur porn sometimes. So maybe we should get him on as a guest. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be fantastic. He's kind of a geek about it though. Like he's very into fucking camera angles and lighting and production values. It's all, all a little bit too uh, nerdy for me. All right, next question. Uh, mm -hmm. You'll love the segue that I'm making here. 
if you could, uh, if you had to homeschool your kids uh, mm. next year on God. one subject That's a for all nightmare. of next year, mm. one subject though, mm. what, what, what subject would you want to homeschool them on? Uh, and you have one minute for this. Oh, what uh, was called when I was growing up home ec. Don't know if you're familiar with home ec, but home mm. ec is basically the things uh, that you do around the house, otherwise known as home economics. I would like to teach my kids to cook, cook everything because that would be one less thing I'd have to do for them. So I would teach them how to use the stovetop, the oven, the toaster, the blender, opening and closing the refrigerator while putting everything back in there and making sure the refrigerator and freezer are shut, cleaning up, all things kitchen related, um, particularly cooking, that is what I'm gonna teach. And that is gonna help give me just a little bit more sanity. Daddy, I want breakfast. Daddy, what's for breakfast? Hey, Daddy, what's for lunch? What's for dinner? I don't want that for dinner. Hey, not my fucking problem. You go make it. I don't give a shit that you're four and a half. I'm four and three quarters. Great, you're even older. Go cook the shit yourself. That's what I'm teaching next year. Awesome. I'm not Great. fucking kidding, by the way. If, if, they, I, if we have to I, homeschool. I could, hear, I could hear the frustration under your impersonations. Oh, just, imagine, uh, just imagine the porn I was talking about. Imagine that frustration. <laughs> <laughs> next question what is the most crowded event you've ever gone to and how would it look like today <laughs> oh god that's a toss-up and ironically i don't think it'd be any different mardi gras and carnival uh carnival in uh, salvador de bahia brazil and uh, mardi gras new orleans louisiana both pockets of two countries that have overwhelming numbers of COVID. I really don't think anything would be different about it. Um, but these were two places where you had so many bodies in the street when you were parading, marching, whatever you were doing, that it was physically impossible to turn around unless the entire crowd turned around. So you basically were just a human wall that was moving. Um, so yeah, I'm imagining that, uh, if those events go on, uh, actually, they did happen. I believe uh, Louisiana broke out because they did not hold back Mardi Gras this past uh, February or early March, and uh, they became a hotspot. Yep. So, no humor yeah. there. No humor no, at all. No humor there. No, that was very uh, straight to the point. Uh, next question is, uh, what's one non-cereal item that is still okay to buy at a Jewel supermarket? Hmm. Now, when you say non-cereal, you're referring to cereal with an S or a C? With a C. Oh, as in the, um, as in the actual breakfast thing? Yeah. What's a non-cereal item that's okay to buy at the Jewel? Well, plenty of items are still good to buy at Jewel. Bag of chips. You can't go wrong with a bag of chips. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's touched it, no matter how much they've touched it, rubbed themselves on it, <laughs> defecated on it, done any... any any manifestation of disgust that one might have, the bag of chips is foolproof against all and any contagions because it's sealed. It's fucking, it's sealed. You beg to differ. Tell me how a sealed I, bag of chips. I am begging the, the, to differ. Okay. Yes. Uh, I mean, I, I just think you like true. It, it, you're thinking safe in terms of, uh, uh, you know, not will not make you sick. But of course, I'm thinking if you step on a bag of chips, it's not going to be so nice anymore. 
but hold on. Have you, let, let's, let's, let's think about this. If you stepped on a bag of chips due to the amount of air they've got to put in the bag of chips to uh, both, it would open keep, up. Both, exactly, keep the okay. chips fresh and give the illusion that you have more chips than there really are. All right, fair um, enough. Yeah. I mean, I think that that should be the national COVID food. I don't know why the chip manufacturers are not uh, standing up for themselves. All right. Sounds good. I'm going to move on because we just have a few more questions left. And next okay. question is, if you owned an airline which operated a flight between only two cities, mm. which cities would you connect that have the biggest paradox between them? The biggest paradox. Well, I'm probably different to each other. Yeah, I'm probably going to say Miami and Portland. And <laughs> at this moment, I have the opportunity to wipe both those people off the face of America. Because Portland is so progressive. It just annoys the fuck out of you, right? It, it takes it takes hipster to an entirely new level, you know, and that's the whole reason I think they made that show Portlandia because it's emblematic of, you know, cancel culture to too far a degree as disgusting as the president is some people you got to think i don't really blame him for sending federal troops into portland those fuckers need to be slapped in the face and then miami well god if there's a if there's a living walking nightmare in america it's in the streets of south florida so if we can somehow send those people to each other be gone with both those corners of the country i think america's on its way to recovery wow and that's my airline folks Fly now, buy one, get one free. <laughs> okay. All right. A uh, couple more questions left. Three more questions left. Uh, um, um, has um, farting changed during COVID? Oh, absolutely. By the way, I got to say, uh, I got to give you a shout out. That is a phenomenal question. Farting has changed because people's ability to smell has been hampered. So, <laughs> well, it's, you can't, you still can't rip one if you don't want people to know it because they will hear it. But if you're able to squeak them, if you can push them out in such a way that you can minimize the reverberation of your butt cheeks, the likelihood of it being picked up by smell is, is drastically been reduced. Um, you know, people are wallowing in their own breath and they sort of can't escape that. So yeah, farting is changing and it might've changed for good. You know, I think a lot of people are, are retraining their farts. And I think wives are not too disappointed over that because at least, you know, it's not obvious that their husband did it. Like it's just this kind of smell in the air. <laughs> Maybe it's just the mask. Yeah. <laughs> blame, blame the mask. Um, do we, we ever talk before on this show about uh, hafing, high altitude flatulence disorder? Uh, we have not, you know, um, so basically it, it's a, it's a known uh, syndrome. If you ever do any hikes at high elevation, uh, something about the, um, atmospheric pressure actually causes gas is true story. And, uh, many years ago with the uh, old girlfriend that I, I did a lot of those initial world travels with, we were on a, a big trek in, in the Himalayas and, uh, you know, I was, I was really on fire. What am I, one of my all time great weeks, um, and we learned from like a professional hiker or something about this syndrome called HAIF. And every time she'd look at me with this look of disdain, I would just go, HAIF. That was HAIF. So, like a get out of jail free yeah, card. For all yeah. our other listeners out there who have an issue with flatulence, uh, go find yourself at high altitude and you have an immediate excuse. It's sort of like, uh, 
if your kid is an asshole, but you can somehow show that they have ADD or they're somewhat mentally retarded, all you got to do is say to people, hey, he's a retard, and they fucking leave you alone. <laughs> no one gives you shit if your kid starts screaming and you say, hey, lay off him, he's retarded. Next two questions <laughs> will seem quite familiar. You got a minute for each. Okay. Uh, so uh, they were not on the original list. That's why they'll seem familiar. So which famous person would you want to be connected through um, uh, one of those uh, uh, the, the, the DNA uh, websites? Oh, either uh, 23andMe or the uh, rival who's not... <laughs> <laughs> just, just contact me via Instagram to say they're, they're no longer advertising with us. That's um, right. Them. <laughs> uh, which celebrity would I like to be connected with? Uh, living or dead? Are they living? The guy, I guess they have to. No, be. it's up to you. Up well, I was going to exhume the body. I don't want to have to deal with another exhumation. Those are always tough. Um, yeah. uh, I'm thinking, oof, that's tough. There's so many celebrities out there. Um, maybe Josh Brolin. Wow, from the Goonies. Because I can always because the guy from the Goonies, he was in some uh, TV show we saw the other night, and my wife's like, who's that? I'm like, are you kidding me? The Goonies was a defining movie of our generation, and this guy has gone on to be a very strong, stellar actor. But, uh, you know, there's something about, I just want to be connected to the Goonies, and I don't remember anybody else's fucking name um, in that movie. Um, Right. Not, no, that's not true. What one of the one of the Corys were in that, right? Or both the Corys? I think one of them, yeah. And I, I started watching The Sopranos, and the one guy is one of the bad guys, who's also in The Sopranos, is uh, right? Uh, uh, Pantoneoni. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's you're one right. of the big. All the characters in the fucking Goonies were so great. Chunk, Chunk, yeah. Chunk, and that. And that, and that fat kid, everybody had that one friend who was fat, and that guy's not, those guys are now all probably studs. But well, you know, the, the, fat, the fat kid is quite a stud, and he was relatively famous about 10, 15 years ago. He was in no shit. Yeah, I forgot his name, but is that Seth Rogen? It's, it's not Seth Rogen, no. <laughs> um, so, all right, so then uh, one last question again, yeah. a familiar one, uh, perhaps. Uh, and I don't even know what the question is, but early in this show, we started off with something where I mispronounced your dog's name and that started a conversation. I said, I'll get back to it. Mm. So there was some, there was something around a story about getting people's dogs names wrong. Yeah. Well, I, all right. So I, I don't, well, we'll consider this a question. So the, the dog's name, she was adopted from a shelter. So she came with a name and um, I don't know if I should say it because we've stick with anonymity on here due to uh, cancel culture sure. and everyone. Uh, possible violation of FBI rules. Um, anyway, so we got her name. Uh, it came with the kids did not want to change her name. And so my wife asked the, uh, the Google assistant in the kitchen, a little speaker that we have, uh, you know, okay, Google, you know, what does this name mean? And no shit, Google said whore. And I, I, I about shit myself. I was laughing so hard. And my wife, who is far more conservative, did not find it very funny. But she couldn't believe it. So she asked again. And Google, once again, just said with no other fanfare, just whore. That was it. <laughs> and her very, very lovely AI voice that any drunk guy would love to fornicate with. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. I, I started texting everybody about how awesome that my dog's name was whore. 
and this is all fucking true story. It just happened a few months ago. Within one to two days, I don't remember exactly the exact time when it changed. I asked Google again to um, show somebody. I put the phone on speakerphone. COVID, no one's in the house. And she changed the fucking definition to barbarian. So the dog's <laughs> name was a, was a Swahili name. Changed the barbarian. I asked like three or four more times. Whore totally disappeared from Google as a definition. And so people have been arguing for a long time that like, if you use an Android phone or you Google shit a lot, Google understands, like knows what you're doing. And if you're using Google Assistant, even more so. And I just thought that was really fucked up that this amazing translation of my dog's name is now gone. My dog is now a barbarian, which is not so nice. A whore is fucking pretty funny for a female dog. Um, and uh, anyway, so a lot going on there. A lot of AI, government overreach, conspiracy <laughs> theory, uh, shelters, dog naming, female dogs. So anyway, that, that's my dog name story. All right. Nice. I have one final question for you so that it doesn't Fuck. end with like, what was that question? But it's uh -huh. one question. You got one minute for this one. What's one item of culture that you won't miss if it disappears during or after COVID? If oh, it never returns. The, uh, the, 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 the real, I'll say all reality shows, but to be specific, the, um, the ones I always see promoted, the, uh, the singing, the ones where they sing and shit. Let, let, me, uh, let me reshape the question a little bit because it's mm. actually an item of culture that currently is not around due to COVID. Oh, I see. Uh, which one would you not miss if it, if it doesn't come back? I'll put more time on the clock. An item of culture that is... Some of the sports have been, uh, has been gone. Some theater, mm. I don't know how it is. Some theaters have closed down. I don't know. You know what? Improv comedy. May it, may it never come back. May it uh, just, may it just die to death like improv Olympic, mm. you know, it's so, <laughs> it's so hard to do in, in a way that works. And, and some people or some groups, I should say, pull it off, but most of them, they're not just okay. They're so bad that you sit there in pain and yet you question your own sanity because you see people laughing only to later learn that those people are like in the same class or apartment or, or social group as the people on stage. Um, theater in itself is pretty fucking miserable. Um, so I'm tempted to say ban all theater, but let's be specific and get rid of improv first and see what happens after that. All right. Uh, oh, right in time. That was right on time. Thank you very much. This has been uh, 372 questions with uh, two Jews and a microphone. That was really something, you know, and this is, this is only because of the Jewishness. Right now, I am feeling very fucking guilty because <laughs> I, I'm not kidding, man. Why, why do you, yeah, well, no, not my answers. Why, why would I, why do you think I feel bad right now? Because you did all the talking. And, yes, and. <laughs> yes, and I have no fucking questions for you. That's totally fine. I you, mean, you blindsided me with your <laughs> continual generosity. Our listeners don't know that you are an incredibly generous person who won't ever let me pay for anything. You know, you you want to cook for me. You, yeah, I'm I'm asleep. You come in and you pleasure me, and you leave. So I don't know who even did it. And I just noticed. Think you noticed. Oh, I that's did. so cool. <laughs> well, I, you know, there was that one time I did wait. I like I kind of was half awake. 
And it was like when I caught my mom as a tooth fairy when I was like nine. Um, <laughs> it, it was like, that was not the girl in my dreams. That was a, <laughs> that was a dude who just crawled out, out, out of the, uh, away from the couch that I was sleeping on. Um, and there's no other explanation because you have very good locks um, for who, uh, <laughs> who, who could have done that. You got that one double lock that's very hard to work the key out of. So had to have been you. Um, plus, I know the hair, the hairline pattern on your asshole. It's a very recognizable uh, very, very much from our shared showers. <laughs> uh, but no, you're, you're, you're too fucking generous, man. And, and I'm not generous enough. And I, I honestly, I'm right now, I feel fucking guilty because, yeah, I spoke a lot and I don't have any questions for you. Well, I, mean, I guess I could ask you all those same questions, but you already might have already thought of the answers. I usually don't, but I, I mean, I, uh, I was, let, let's put it into context. First of all, I understand what you're saying. Uh -huh. uh, second of all, you could argue that I wasn't being fair for not uh, sending you a message earlier on. I mean, I thought about this 10 minutes before we went on, but that I didn't say, hey, why don't we both do this? Um, but I think like my, my advice is, uh, you know, don't don't because I'm not expecting it and I'm not um, and I I'm more of a person who even enjoys being on the uh, interviewing side so putting me on the spot is not necessarily uh, a way to make it better like I loved your answers I loved how quick you were I at one point during this uh, interview was thinking they should play this interview with HR people because this is like a sign of intelligence like how you are able to take a question and look at it from different abstraction levels mm. and pick a certain angle and find a, an answer and justify the answer. Like it's actually an amazing experience to sort of look at it and see how, how well you do and how you can also judge intelligence, not just for, you know, people who go into these job interviews and just tell people what they want to hear. So just to well, say, I was really impressed and enjoyed the process very much. You know, you're fucking evil. Not only do you come up with these questions, you, you're making me talk all the time, and now you're being complimentary. You, you just keep up the positivity, man. It is fucking torture for me. I'm suing my guilt. I, I will say, I, you are, um, in, on a serious note, you happen, and this is, this is stuff I believe you give lectures about and you talk about, but I think you're on to something in the HR world in terms of trying to find a certain type of intelligence, not necessarily like all intelligencers are the same, um, because it was about, it's when I knew you actually, when we first met. So it's about 20 years ago, maybe 18 years ago, um, when I moved here and I got this job with Red Bull. Yep. And uh, Red Bull chose four people to represent them for the city of Chicago. Um, and they had like hundreds of people show up to do these interviews um, who all were looked like 20 somethings at the time. And they, uh, they bring you on stage. They would do it as a group. And, uh, oh yeah. And, you and were telling me it was like, was it done in a theater? Or it something? was done in a theater. Yeah. It was done at the, uh, I think it was done at the old town school of music theater. I think um, the original one. And mm -hmm. they just a barrage of fucking questions, battering questions. Some of them totally absurd. Some of them serious. Um, and I never understood, you know, what the metrics were, how they did it. But, um, yeah, somehow I was uh, one of 
one of four people chosen. I think it was a little bit Benetton related though, because it was a little odd that like one, one was a black girl, one was a gay guy, one was like a Barbie blonde, and then there was me. Um, so I don't know if it was just the answers, but they did a lot of questioning like that. Well, I mean, you're, I think you're, you're a little bit downplaying yourself because I remember the period, the period was uh, like, it was my really a terrible period to be in America. It was like right after September 11th, like the economy was really, really bad. Uh, Was it bad? Was it bad for like, because this is sort of what's happening again right now, right? We're, I think for a lot of people, we're equating it to the feeling of September 11th, but it just keeps on dragging on. Oh yeah. You know, what was that like for you? Well, I, it's probably, I would argue that, that of course today is probably worse than, than it was then, but Mm. it doesn't matter because for us it was everything like, and I just remember that like I had, you know, I had gone to school in, uh, in Boston and Mm -hmm. I get like temp jobs that paid more like three years earlier uh, or two, yeah, two and a half, three years earlier than, than they did suddenly three years later. And suddenly I have a degree and, and I'm not even talking about like real jobs. I'm talking about like temporary jobs. They were paying like half what they used to pay. And I just remember, and, and, and you were lucky to get them because like everybody was like fully staffed kind of thing. Like they weren't looking for new people. So I just remember it being kind of a, 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 it felt to me like a, a, a more desperate time. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would agree. I, I kind of I recall that. I'm just trying to think about how much it, it had to do with age and, and where you or I was at that part of our lives versus what other people were doing. Um, yeah, and how depressed I was too. <laughs> but I, if I recall, was, was the depression mostly related to a female? It was, it was related to a female, what, yeah. what, Like, and are you, are you over that now or if I talk about it as that good? <laughs> very much over it. Oh. In fact, in fact, it's uh, like, let me be very clear about it. <laughs> I was, I was not depressed when I met you at all. Like I was in super high spirits, uh-huh. uh, but I do remember that it felt harder for some reason in Chicago. Like it felt tougher than uh, any other place that I've been to up until then. Uh, what 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 was it? And I think this is a you know a, a somewhat serious you know topic for a lot of people uh, go through depression, especially now. I think mm. what what was it about that breakup or that girl that put you in the funk? Now that you've had enough time to kind of look back over it, uh, it was important to me at the time, and I felt I felt like I think I just didn't know myself enough, so. At that point, it just felt like you kind of step into like a, like the 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 drama that you that you've been watching on on screen, and suddenly you're you're the you're in the the drama, but you're actually you're not the lead role. You're actually the side character that nobody cares about. That was my perspective in any case, and I think by saying that, you can also immediately uh, tell how somewhat self-centered I was in those days. And I'm not, I'm, I don't think I was more than, than most people, but I think simply when you're in your 20s, you are more self-centered in general, uh, hopefully than you are later in your life. And for me, that was true. So I was kind of like, I felt like 
it was, you know, it was like a first, what I thought was love and what I re realized later wasn't, but it, it's just sometimes you tell yourself a story and then it's easy to fill in that role in that story. So yeah. the depression, I think there was some depression. I don't know to what extent, but it was definitely real. I was definitely sad, but at the same time, you know, if I put it in perspective, if I look at all the other things that have happened in life, it's, it's, yeah, it was not, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't even something that I would even look back and say, ah, oh, I poor Rod. It was, or whoever, you know, whoever we're talking about, yeah. Rob, Ron. Yeah. Robert, Robert was, uh, was tough. <laughs> uh, do you, you know, as all this time has elapsed, have you ever thought about God and how God must have an unbelievable dark sense of humor to cause men to confuse the release of seminal fluid with love. <laughs> I mean, think about how twisted that is. He has somehow, or she or it, has allowed us to conflate ejaculating with feelings of passion, compassion, caring. When, yeah. when in fact, it's like we all just did a free base hit of crack like mm. uh, Marion Barry in the DC mayor's office. Um, <laughs> and that's it. That's it. We just, we, and we just want that next hit. And then it causes all these fucked up things to happen to us, especially like you said, when we're younger. And I think what happens, you, you talk to older people and you, older, you know, I once you're in their forties, even fifties, like we are. And you're saying, you know, about falling in love and they, they don't have, they don't have that feeling anymore. Right. It's, it's a much more functional, practical thing, and, and they like someone and care about them, but that real intensity seems to like disappear. Absolutely, I'm. Uh, it makes me think of. Uh, I'm, I'm listening to a, a great audio book right now called Netherland by Joseph O'Neill. Is it uh, is it about your homeland? Uh, it is. Uh, no, it actually, well, yeah, there's a connection. Uh, the lead character is Dutch, but it's uh, it takes place in, in New York City uh, post 9-11. And it's a really well written book. And there's a great passage that I had to like, even like stop. I, I, I typically don't like write quotations, but it happened uh -huh. today. And I wrote it. And it was, um, he's talking about so he's like a guy who's going through a divorce. He has a small child. He's in New York. His his wife uh, is uh, is in London, uh -huh. and he meets this woman, and uh, and he's in his late thirties. And he says uh, about his own dating life at the time, as kind of a general thing. He says, "I was no longer vulnerable to the momentum of curiosity," and I think that's such a great description to 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 the difference maybe between being young and being older is 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 you know how curiosity can can create so much momentum for for you like the the stuff that we've we've had to endure as like 20 year olds like the endless nights by a person just in hopes of getting a kiss or uh uh, uh you know hanging around just in hopes of meeting or someone else or whatever sure. like we don't have time for that anymore. There's no, there's no more momentum to that curiosity. <laughs> well, I mean, part of it, you just, you, you understand time value of money and efficiencies and realize that it'd be much easier just to masturbate yourself than waste six hours on a girl who's not even going to do that for you.
but you know, I'll argue the other side of it too. You know, in the uh, in on on the side of the of young people, let's say, like who do have that momentum of curiosity, uh-huh. that's also worth a lot to them. I mean, if you think about maybe some of the best memories that you have uh, in your life, I don't. I think most of them have very little to do with uh, being time efficient or or or, or, or making money. It's mostly about uh, a, a, a payoff of this momentum of curiosity. Well, you just single-handedly ruined the conservative side of my, uh, <laughs> my, my new place in life. I got you um, in touch with your liberal side. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would agree, actually, with, with what you just said. And I think that is the challenge that, that faces all of us as human beings, right? How do we continue to grow as we get older? How do we continue to challenge ourselves in all aspects versus just settling in and being like, this is it, this is what I got, this is what it is, and just feeling like everything fits in this neat box and just letting rigidity set in. And it's kind of the basis for why as people get older, they are more conservative and they are to a degree more crotchety. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I hope and pray, eat, pray, love maybe, that that, uh, side, of, that side of me never dies. Um, that's cool though. That's a, uh, a, a, good, a good quote to uh, keep in the front of the mind. Absolutely. I think, I think from my end at least, a good quote to uh, close off our show for, for this, uh, this week. Yeah, well, I think uh, let's, what's one more time, can you read it to the audience just so we can leave this with a, a really nice, profound uh, message? Absolutely. I will say this, that I'm, I'm sometimes I'm not great at quoting the quotes. So it's possible that I'm misinterpreting the quote, but I think it's still there when I read it like it. So it's, I was no longer vulnerable to the momentum of curiosity. And let that silence sink in. (laughs) Just keep breathing. Just keep breathing. Let it sink in. And we want to thank each and every one of you, all 19 of you, for joining us today. And may your curiosity never die. Or at a minimum, you support our sponsor, Dutch Publishers, the book, Netherland now available on audiobook at a fingertip near you. And the Olive Garden. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for, uh, thank you for co-hosting today. You were uh, wonderful as always. Thank you. And we leave you in silence. Um.